welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Upstairs in big church, we want to open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are starting a new sermon series today. I'm going to tell you the preaching schedule the next couple months and everything going on. Um, we're about to start a sermon series called Heaven Bound, and I'm going to answer three questions for the next three weeks. Today's question is, is about what, what it's like going to heaven and what happens when we die. So the first question we're going to answer today, what happens at the moment of death? Have you ever wondered that? What exactly happens when you die? We're going to talk about that. We're going to answer our question. Next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on what will our bodies be like in heaven. Have you ever wondered what's it like when you, what are you going to look like, like what, are we just going to be floating around with a harp and a violin? Like what? Do I need to start getting some lessons now so I can get ready when I go to heaven? So we will answer that question uh, when, we, when we go to heaven next week. What will heaven, and then three weeks, or in two weeks, the third part is called, What Will Heaven Be Like? And the book of Revelation is very clear, the dimensions, and shows us what heaven is actually going to be like. And we need to know these things because um, we're going to see here in the Bible that all of us need to be prepared to pass away. And it's a reality, it's something that's going to happen. So you want to go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have a bulletin, you can reference some of the bulletin notes and just kind of follow along with that. Now I have a, a picture up here on the screen. Uh, oh, I told you I was going to tell you the preaching schedule. Then starting in September, I'm going to be doing a sermon series in September on prayer. And the reason why we're preaching on prayer, we're going to be in our 40 days of prayer, getting ready for our fall revival, which is in October, with evangelist um, oh, Ronnie Hill from Weatherford, Texas. He'll be here with us again for the third year in a row. You know, last year we baptized like 18 people at our revival. A lot of folks got saved. So we want to be praying for a great harvest at our revival in October and uh, that's what will be going on in early October. That, a revival is October 8th through 11th uh, here at our church with Ronnie Hill. So that's, that's what's going to be going on. And also, just to let you know, Wednesday night, we, study, we're study, we just launched the book of Romans. Next four months, I'm going to be going through on Wednesday nights, Romans. It tied in with us starting our Wednesday night dinners back from the summer. So we've covered the first seven verses. So that you know what's going to be taught and preached here. You're going to be learning on heaven these next three weeks, then on prayer, then on Wednesday nights we're going through Romans. So that's our teaching and preaching schedule here at Broadway the next few months. In the book of Genesis, there's a man named Jacob. He was the son of Isaac, and he was at a town called Bethel. And a lot of times, I think it's, I don't listen to Led Zeppelin, but I think there's a song called Stairway to Heaven. I guess that's what Led Zeppelin. And a lot of times when we think of heaven, we see a stairway going up into heaven, old 70, early 70s song. Well, that actually comes from the book of Genesis, that phrase, stairway to heaven. And it comes from Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. And what happened there is Jacob he's, uh, has this dream. He's away from home, and the Lord appeared to him, and their stairway appears, and angels are going up and down the stairway into heaven. And the Lord is, uh, is going to speak to him uh, during this time and make a revelation to him. So that's the only place in the Bible we see a stairway into heaven. Now, I personally don't believe 
that when we pass away, we're going to walk up a stairway into heaven, but it is unusual that is revealed to this man, Jacob, in Genesis 28, 12, uh, that there is a stairway there going into heaven. Uh, but for us, we need to know several things about what happens when we pass away. If you're a believer, and this is really a message for a believer, because if you're not a believer, the Bible teaches us that you're not going to heaven. People who are saved and born again, Scripture teaches us that we will go to heaven. I'm going to show you that in 2 Corinthians here. But we do need to plan for the moment of death. And a lot of times we don't want to talk about death, but the reality is unless Jesus comes back, and the Bible teaches that is the only thing we should be waiting on. Only, we're only waiting for Jesus to come back. If He doesn't come back before we pass away, we will be experiencing death. We will die. So we need to be prepared for what's going to happen. So how do we plan for death? Number one, we need to first understand what is death. And Paul, don't turn there, I'm going to just, I've got it up here on the screen. Paul actually told us what death is. Death is actually an act of worship, if you're a believer. When you pass away, it's an act of worship. He said in 2 Timothy 4.6, and this is probably the last of all the books that he wrote there, 2 Timothy's at the very end of his life. He said, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is closed. Meaning Paul knew, when I pass away, I'm going to be poured out. It's an offering. It's a, it's a blessing. He has lived and served the Lord his entire life. And now he's ready to say, Lord, I am ready to meet you. I have been awaiting this moment. Here is my life. And for us, we want to have that same mentality. The Bible never tells us for Christians we should fear death. Death is not what we should fear. only person we should ever fear is the Lord. He's the one who has the power over us, over life and over death with that. But death is something that we need to understand properly that this is an act of worship. We are stepping into an eternity with the Lord. We want to be able to say, Lord, I have lived every day for You. I have gave my life. I have given my time. Lord, I've, I have served You faithfully with my conversations and trying to lead people and point people to Jesus throughout life. That is what it means as an offering. So your final worship service in many ways is actually your death. You're presenting yourself to the Lord, say, Lord, I'm ready to go home. And we're going to see in 2 Corinthians here, the Bible calls heaven home. Number two, the second thing we need to do to prepare for death and to plan for death, we need to be prepared to stand before God. The Bible teaches us that when we pass away, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. When God, when God is looking at us, right when we die, we will not see Daniel Osmond as a sinner. He will see Jesus, who forgave us of our sins. Jesus' blood has covered us over our sins. So, because remember, what sends someone to hell? Unforgiven sin. When you do have not received Christ's forgiveness, that is what sends someone to hell. And God is the one that sends people to hell. The devil doesn't send people to hell because he's going to hell too. That's what the lake of fire is for him. In Revelation chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 21, but for us as believers, we need to be prepared that we have been faithful to the Lord, we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, and we're ready to 
confidently stand before Him. And you do that by thinking, when did you get saved? When did you trust Christ as your Savior? This is why daily we live for God. Because the Bible teaches us we're going to give an account for our lives. And then the third and the final thing, and this is the more practical thing for us when we pass away, we need to prepare our families for departure. And what I mean by that is we want to make sure, understand the proper context of death. It is a worship, act of worship to the Lord for a believer. We're, we're prepared spiritually to stand before God. We're ready to give an account for our life. And that's only because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. But we also have a responsibility. Now remember, we are bringing nothing to heaven with us. Nothing. No, uh, no flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of, of God. That's what the Bible teaches us. We don't bring any money or things of this earth. But what you want to do is you want to prepare your loved ones, your family, when you go to be with the Lord. How do you do this? You want to have your, what the Bible calls your home in order, your affairs in order. You don't want to leave behind your spouse who's now a widow or a widower and they don't even know how much money is in the bank account. You know, there are some couples that if the husband dies, the wife doesn't even know if she has enough money to go to Kroger and buy her groceries because she has no clue how much money's in the checking account. They have no idea if there's any retirement savings. Those, the, 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 he, he did it all and did not inform her or even write down instructions on, on what's next. But not only that, one of the things when you're a departure and how you're a blessing. Do you know, I pastored a church in Georgia for nearly 12 years. And our largest offering we received at that church was actually when someone passed away. And that church was blessed immensely by that offering. In fact, the blessings are even continuing today. That was over seven years ago from that offering. You know, your many ways, your biggest gift you'll ever give to a church is actually when you pass away. You can actually leave a contribution, leave a gift. You tithe on your inheritance and you leave it to the Lord. And say, God, even when I'm in heaven, my, my money, which I cannot bring with me, I'm just continuing to give it through my local church. I'm giving it to my family. You want to be the ultimate. You want your death to be a blessing to others. I know that sounds kind of it's somewhat eerie, but you're, you're spreading out saying, God, I have prepared for this. I knew it was going to come. One day, I will stand before you confidently as a, a believer in Christ, and I want all the other people, including my church family, my family, my spouse, my children, to all see the blessings of my planning with this. And you know, in many ways, even if you're a young person, you have to think about it. Let's see, I, I'm Mary Sherry, and we have four little people. Uh, I've told her many times, that Sherry, if I ever die uh, early, uh, once you bury me in the ground, you go home right away and you create that eHarmony account and you meet you a new man. And then in six months, you need to marry him so he can start, a new man can start taking care of these children. Somebody's got to raise these little ones, these youngins. So like you make these preparations, you release your spouse saying, when I'm in heaven, the Bible actually teaches us in the book of Romans chapter 7 that death releases you from your marriage. I'm in heaven with Jesus I cannot control. Listen, we cannot control what happens on earth when we're with the Lord. We can't. There's nothing we can do about that. All we can do is make all the arrangements we can, and we go to glory, and we say, Lord, I'm with you. I have no clue what happens on earth. All I can do is tell people about Jesus and make my preparations and do everything I can. 
And the Bible is going to teach us here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Earthly tent means your body. Paul's talking about, he's saying, we know that the body we're in one day is, is going to die. It won't be there. For we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling. Since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burned as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, you're probably thinking, Pastor, what on earth is Paul talking about there? What he's talking about, he's talking about being clothed in Jesus. He's saying, you don't want to be caught uh, off guard. You need to be making preparations. You need to be ready to meet the Lord. You, uh, you're, you're at a point in your life where spiritually, you know you're saved, You've made whatever humanly preparations possible for when you're gone. And, and all of a sudden, when you step into eternity, you are ready to meet the Lord. And I would say, we can't, as, as Christians, we can't sit around thinking, well, I'm going to do all that when I'm 92, when I'm 94. We don't know. You know, one of the saddest funerals I've ever had, ever been a part of this church, two years ago, it was they were at the first service. There was a couple at the first service. I'm not going to say their name because y'all know who they are. She's in heaven. I walked down that center aisle two years ago in 2021, and a lady was telling me, and I remember talking to her vividly for like 15 minutes after the first service was over. She was talking about getting more involved in her, her relationship with the Lord. Her and her husband had a motorcycle, Harley Davidson. One of the most dangerous things to a motorcycle is a deer. They were out riding in the country near Frankfurt. On Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, I was talking to them right there that morning. A deer runs out. You know, deers, they don't see very well. They just ran. Deer ran straight into the motorcycle. They had helmets on. Threw him off, threw her, both of them off the motorcycle. She died on impact. She was killed immediately. He was in the ICU at UK for over a week and still was struggling recovering just like that they were in their upper 50s she was a nurse at uk hospital part of our church family and her life ended she was at church that morning heard a sermon from me six hours later she's in the presence of jesus we do not know. We cannot be like, well, I'm going to make all those preparations and I'm going to be prepared to die when I'm 92. And we all have this mentality. The perfect death is we're laying at home and we've got all of our family around us. We're 92 years old and we're holding their hands and we just go off into eternity with Jesus. Well, that would be ideal for everybody. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Bible says that we have no control over death and sometimes even the disciples and apostles sometimes even Paul he died likely in prison sitting in a prison cell Peter likely history teaches us not the Bible but church history teaches he was crucified upside down and these people died for their beliefs they did not we do not get to pick how we want to die and that's why the Bible's telling us we don't want to be caught off guard we don't want to be caught naked we don't want to be caught unclothed the preparations we need to be making and be thinking about this is now the moment of death can occur at any point 
Now look at verse 5 right here. Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God. That very purpose is for us going to heaven. He's saying there's going to be a time where you step into eternity. Who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. That is the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches, especially in Ephesians chapter 1, that the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our salvation. We know we're saved because the Holy Spirit has put inside of us Himself. That's why the Bible teaches us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Literally, God lives inside of you. That is how we know we're going to heaven. No one can lose their salvation. Once you are saved, you are sealed. Now, what do you do, pastor, if a Christian sins? God will, there will be consequences. There will be discipline from the Lord. God will get a hold of people by depression and misery and just saying, and speaking to them, saying, you know, you're not going to live this way. I'm not going to allow it. And eventually, I've learned, if we as Christians, if we live in rebellion against the Lord long enough, He'll just take us home. Saying, I'm, uh-uh. You're, we don't make a mockery. When we as Christians sin, we are making a mockery of Jesus' power of forgiveness. We can't ever take it for granted. Sin cost Jesus' life. He died on the cross so we could be forgiven. So we have a down payment, and that's the Holy Spirit inside of us. Look here at these last five verses here. Verse 6. We are always confident and know that while we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. The Bible uses the word confident. That means we as Christians, we do not fear death. The Bible teaches we only fear the Lord. This confidence, what he's talking about, is that we have the assurance because of the power of the Word of God and what Christ's Holy Spirit inside of us, we know we will be with the Lord. It's not something we aren't, we aren't, we aren't weak-minded wondering, I wonder if I go to heaven. I wonder if Jesus will let me, let me in. I wonder if St. Peter, who holds the pearly gates, will let me in. That's, that's not biblical thinking. The Bible teaches that we immediately, we're about to see the next verse, that our last breath on earth will be our first breath in heaven. But I don't actually believe we even breathe in heaven. We're, our spirit just goes straight before the Lord. Verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Isn't that a great Bible verse? We walk by faith, not by sight. Do you know here in our wonderful city of Lexington, there are so many people who are walking by sight. What does it mean to walk by sight? Walking by sight means you are just waiting for the next great event. So we've got our church picnic today. But you know, if something better comes along, you might ditch the church picnic and go to that. That's walking by sight. Walking by sight means you have a boyfriend, but if a cuter guy or a better looking guy comes along, you say, hey, I need to upgrade. Walking by sight is when you just go about, when you wake up and say, well, wherever the wind blows and whatever looks good is what I'm going to do. That's not what walking by faith is. Walking by faith is when we wake up in the morning and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my conversations, with my day when I go to school this new year. Walking by faith means you might be going to a new school this new school year, or your child's starting a new grade, and they're going to have new friends. Walking by faith means they have an opportunity to be a great witness at their school. 
teenagers can witness to their friends at Dunbar High School, at, at Lafayette High School. They can invite their, their friends who are unchurched and do not know Jesus to our youth group this Wednesday night. Like That's what it means to walk by. Faith. You wake up and you pray. says, God, give me and use me opportunities. I don't just want to walk by sight. Walking by sight is scrolling Facebook and Instagram stories hour after hour and after hour in TikTok. That's walking by sight. Whatever the algorithm shows you. And I say this, there are many folks that live this way and they're wondering, why don't I ever see the Lord use me? Why don't I ever feel the power of God? Why don't I ever see answers to prayer? Because literally, people in San Francisco are picking out what you literally are shaping your mind on social media on, based on what algorithm you need to see that you would stay the most hooked watching their stuff that is what it means to walk by sight and God is coming along saying that's not who you are you have the Holy Spirit who's inside of you who made a deposit you walk by faith you're different the news should not shape our thinking we don't wake up and say, what massive world, who's going to get arrested? Well, which politician is going to be in jail? Uh, which presidential candidate will be in jail? I mean, we don't wake up each morning wondering this stuff. Folks, we live solely for the Lord. That's what he's talking about right here. Walking by faith. And that's, it's, a, it's a totally different, a different way to approach it than uh, lost people do. Verse 8, look here in your Bibles. Last three Bible verses this morning. In fact, we are confident and we should prefer to be away from the body and to be home with the Lord. Meaning, if you are away from the body, that means if you are dead, you are no longer in your tent anymore. You are at home with the Lord. The, to be away from the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment we pass away, we are immediately in the presence of God. Our Seventh-day Adventist friends, if you know any of them, they teach something called soul sleep. That means that you go into the grave and you await the second coming. You just go into this unconscious state. That's not biblical. Our Roman Catholic friends teach something that if you still have uh, certain sins you need to be purified of, you go into purgatory. And then you work on your purity in purgatory, and then you can get a promotion into heaven. That was one of the reasons for the Reformation 500 years ago. Those aren't biblical things. Purgatory, soul sleep, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible's teaching us that the moment we pass away, we are immediately in the presence of God. And we are ready to stand before Jesus. We are either immediately going to heaven or going to hell. You don't need to turn there, but Jesus actually illustrated this with a story of a rich man and a poor man. The poor man was named Lazarus. Not the Lazarus from John chapter 11 that we looked at last week who came back from the dead. This was another man named Lazarus who was very poor. He was a beggar, and he stood outside the gate of a rich man in um, Luke chapter 16, verse 22. And it says there that both these people died. The rich man died, and he went to, the Bible says, hell. And the poor man died, and it says the moment he died, he died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. Now, we don't talk about heaven as Abraham's side, but if you were Jewish, Abraham is the father, uh, father Abraham of all, of, uh, 
and he was declared righteous by God, so he is in heaven. And Abraham's side, meaning you would be next to God. You were in the presence of God if you were in Abraham's side. So notice, the moment this poor man named Lazarus died, he was immediately carried by the angels to Abraham's side. When we die, we immediately go to God or we go away from God. And when we go to God, we are going to heaven. We are going to meet our Lord. And that's what it means to eagerly await what's going to happen. We're home, the Bible says in verse 8. Our home is not here on earth. It is with the Lord. Verse 9, Therefore, whether we are home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. That means we live our life to please the Lord. So, what do we do while we're waiting for either the second coming or a passing of the Lord, we live our life knowing. I mean, think about here. We love our city. Think about how many lost people are in Lexington. How many unchurched people. How many restless people are all around. And they're looking for something. And what they're looking for it can only be found in Christ. Because the, the Bible teaches us they do not have God's Spirit. They do not have peace. They do not have assurance. They do not have this confidence here with the Spirit as a down payment, and they're just going about walking by sight. Lost people walk by sight. That means they just look around, whatever's next. The next event, the next UK event, the next baseball game, the next whatever party. You just go about, you're just constantly shopping. You have a consumer mindset. That is not for the believer. Our home is in heaven. Christ teaches us we walk by faith. Last Bible verse this afternoon. It says in verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And that is right away. We pass away the judgment seat of Christ. We stand before God, and the Lord looks at us. He does not see sin. He does not see sinful Daniel. He sees Jesus, His Son, who we are forgiven by. Do you know what we want to see? The main takeaway for this is that the moment of death, this is not something we should fear. Death is not what we fear. What we want to do, we want to use our time wisely, preparing, knowing one day I'm going to die, one day there's going to be a time that I will have an obituary, that I will have a funeral service, that somebody will say some words about my life, but I will have no control over that. We will be in heaven with the Lord. We do what we can. We confidently make sure, God, where am I at spiritually? Do I view death as a worship service? Am I saved? Are there, or is there sin in my life that I need to repent of? And say, Lord, I don't, want, I don't want to go into heaven with unforgiven sin. I want to make sure I have a clean heart and clean hands appearing before you, Lord. Well, one time I remember about 15 years ago, I officiated a funeral of a man. His name was Billy. And literally, he was on his deathbed. He was dying of cancer. And he was so proud. He knew the Lord. But he was also proud. He told me he had his affairs in order. He was debt-free. He had paid all his bills. He had asked for forgiveness of everyone. The house was paid for. He, I mean, the, his goal was to go, to go to the grave with a zero balance on everything, at least a physical balance. And he did. 
But spiritually, more importantly, he knew the Lord. He took it serious, making preparations for what's going to happen. And folks, Jesus Christ tells us, you will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And spiritually, I ask you this afternoon, where you stand, are you confident? Paul talked about this confidence here. Because he knew he was saved. Now we're about to close our worship service with the invitation. Beecher, I'm going to invite you and Danielle to come on up. We're going to have our invitation. We close our worship service with an invitation. And I want to ask you, if you've never been saved, if you do not have this confidence that Paul is talking about when the moment of death came to him, that he was ready to stand before the Lord, you're going to walk this aisle. You never want to walk out of a church service. And it's my job as a preacher, every service, to make sure it's very clear that you know how to be saved and you can get saved. And that the Bible teaches us about what's going to happen when we pass away and we stand before the Lord. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that we will be saved. That's why we celebrate the resurrection and Easter and actually every single Sunday because that is new life in Christ. Even though we are dead, even though we are away from the body, we are present with the Lord. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to close our worship service here with an invitation. So Zach Bauer, if you'll come and stand up here, and then I'll be staying right here. If this is your time to respond. This is also our time that you can join Broadway Baptist Church. We had some we had three new members join last Sunday. If you want to be a member of our church, you walk this out and take my hand. But most importantly, if you want to get saved this afternoon, you come and say, I want the same confidence of salvation that Paul talked about there in the book of 2 Corinthians. All right, Beecher.